0: you would I would like for you there are actually two places in scripture that I will be looking at today. The first one that I would like to go to is the book of Romans. So if you have your word today, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Romans chapter 4. And we will be looking at a verse of scripture there in just a moment. But I want to present my title to you today and the title is this, you might be a hero you might be a hero. There's a quote that says this, it is impossible to win the race unless you venture to run. It is impossible to win the victory unless you dare to battle. I know a lot of people that want victory. I know a lot of people that want to win the race, but folks, how many of y'all know that in order to win the the race, you've got to enter the race, and in order to win the battle, you have to engage in battle, amen? Amen. How many of y'all know today that you're a target? Raise your hand if you know you're a target. You know you're a target. How many of y'all know that in defense of that enemy attack that's coming against you, that you have a sword as your weapon. Everybody knows that your sword's the word of God, right? We have a sword as our weapon. Now, we don't really get excited when we hear things like we're marked for an attack. That doesn't send glory goosebumps all over your soul. But I want to tell you today that we are marked for an attack. We are. Not normal. How many of y'all normal know that normal is just a setting on the dryer? Yeah. We're not normal. We are not normal. How many of y'all know that we're anointed? Yes, Hallelujah. Yeah. We are anointed. And this makes us a potential threat to the enemy. Yes. We are a potential threat to the enemy. The battle is real. The stakes are high. Maybe you haven't done anything yet. But I want to tell you, how many of you all know that deep down on the very inside recesses of your soul, you feel like one day you will? Come on. You feel like one day you will, you feel like it's there. You feel like you're on the verge. You feel like God is getting ready to break open something in your life, in your family's lives, in your children's lives, in your church, amen. You feel like you're right there, okay? And here is the great part. Your journey toward becoming a hero begins when you simply, you wanna know the secret? Here's the secret, church. The secret is this. Your your journey toward becoming a hero begins when you simply grant God permission to have his way. When you just simply begin to say, God, okay, it's not about me. It's about you. It's not about what I want to see done. It's about what you want to see done. It's about me yielding myself to your plans. It's about me being able to open myself up and letting you do, God, what you desire to do. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A.W. Tozer said it like this. We can be, in our day, what the heroes of faith were in their day. But remember, at the time that they went through what they went through, they didn't know they were heroes. They did not know they were heroes. So, folks, it stands to reason that if these Bible heroes of faith didn't know that they were heroes in their day, We may likewise be clueless in our day. You see, we are in very good company because like us, they were heroes unaware. I want to present to you today, my first point is this. How many of you all know that God makes heroes out of nobodies? I like that. I like that. God makes heroes out of nobodies. And just as our... Our lives are a gift. Our lives are a gift. The story that we're in is also a gift that we open up by faith. So you've got to understand when we come to the altar and we present ourselves to the Lord, he wants to use us. He wants to make something out of us. So what do we do? We come to him in faith and say, okay, God, it's not my plan. It's your plan. And I'm going to just open up this gift called my life to you by faith. We don't have to figure out our hero qualifications and then try out for the role. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for that come to God and say, okay, my qualifications are this, this, and this, and this, and he says, okay, I can use you. No, all I have to do is come and say, God, here I am. Take me as I am. Use me in whatever capacity you desire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God's already written us into the storyline of faith, and it is an epic triumph of great proportions that are filled with miracles and it's filled with battles and it's filled with signs and it's filled with wonders. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I want you to look at Romans chapter 4 and I want you to look at verse 2. Romans chapter 4 and verse 2 says it like this out of the Amplified. It says, for if Abraham was justified. Acquittal. Let me see. Let me read it again. For if Abraham was justified, established as just by acquittal from guilt by good works that he did, then he has grounds for boasting, but not before God. Let me say it to you like this The message Bible says the story were given. Is a God story, not an Abraham story. So in other words, what is it saying? When you have come and given God your life, and you're saying, okay, God, I'm ready to engage in this battle. I'm presenting myself to be a Christian. Then what are you doing? you got to realize that it's a God story, and it's not a, and put your name in the blank story. Yes. It's a God story. Your story is a story written by God. Amen. Amen. Now, let's start where our story begins. And that is with the first hero of faith. And the word of God just told us that it was Abraham. Abraham began his sojourn into history when he stopped trying to sort things out on his own. You know, there are many of us like You know, and Abraham was very much like us. Abraham was a descendant of an idolater. You know, if you go back to Joshua chapter 24 and verse 2, it tells us that Abraham's father was an idolater. He worshiped idols. Idolatry, you see, folks, is based on worshiping what we can construct with our own hands, it's based upon what we can construct with our own hands and when God is looking to do something grander than we can design he brings us into his own plans rather than blessing what we have constructed and there are so many Christians today we want to bring something to the altar that has been constructed by our own hands instead of laying ourselves on the altar and saying, God, here I am I, let me fit into your plan. Hallelujah. Now look down at verse 3 of that same chapter. Verse 3 says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in. The Amplified says he trusted in God and it was credited to his account as righteousness, as being right, as it being right living and right standing with God. Amen. The Amplified says it like this that Abraham, I mean, the Message Bible says it like this Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. He entered into what God was doing for for him. And that, and that, and that was the turning point. I, I, pastor, I feel it. There are people sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. You have been wondering when is the key going to turn the lock? And I'm here to tell you this morning, and I am sent by God to tell you that the moment is going to turn and release you into the greater fulfilling of God in your life will be the day when you submit yourself and say, God, not my plan, but your plan. Yes. Yes. Right. It's God. not about me. Right. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him and that was the turning point. He, he, he trusted God He trusted God. That could be a key right there. A lot of times if we can't do it, if we feel like we have to rely upon ourselves, nobody else can do it. It has to be something that has to be manipulated by us. But pastor, I want to tell you today, if we'll yield up our rights and give God all that we are and begin to trust him instead of trying, to be right in our own eyes, God will work on our behalf. Hallelujah. The question before us is, are we ready? Are we ready? If so, then it is time to step into what God has already done for us. It's time to step into what God has already done for us. You see, this allows his spirit to begin the work within us. And as we turn this corner and as we set our hearts upon this course, then he positions us. Come on. Come on. Some of you are getting it. He positions us, hallelujah, hallelujah, gotta say it again. He positions us so that something unseen but wildly significant can happen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And when we walk in tandem, In beat, in tandem, in beat, we not only gain his perspective, we not only gain his eyesight, we not only gain his vision, but we also gain his authority. Come on now. Come on now. That when we speak to the enemy... And tell him to go. He has to go. Why? Because we are under the auspices and authority of the one and only true God. And what he has is ours. And what is ours is his. And we can speak in his name. And the enemy has to go. Hallelujah. Now. John chapter five, verse 19 says this. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatsoever the father does that the son does likewise. Amen. We have to be in cadence with God. Amen. Amen. What happens in musical instruments when we've got one instrument going one way and another instrument going another way and another instrument going another way and another instrument going another way? way? Come on, say it. Why do we think that it is any different in our Christian walk? We wonder, why is my life so chaotic? Why is God not answering? Why am I not seeing all that he has promised come to pass? How in cadence are you with God? How in cadence are you? How in tandem are you walking with him? When he takes a step, are you taking a step? Come on, in the same rhyme and rhythm as he is. It's something to consider, isn't it? You see, when we are in accord, accord means in agreement. Accord means in unity. Accord means in harmony with. If Jesus did nothing out of sync with his Father, then we, as his children, will accomplish nothing. Of eternal value if we do not likewise follow his lead. We will accomplish nothing. The Bible describes heroes like Abraham who have gone before us as in Romans 12. And you can look there in your scripture as being willing to live in the risky faith embrace of God's action for them. Hallelujah, just as we trust that Jesus Christ, God eradicated out our past. He wiped it clean through his son. We have to also believe that in Jesus Christ, he is directly acting out in our behalf, our future. You see, it's very easy, Pastor West, sometimes to come to the altar and say, God, forgive me of what I've done in the past and, and be very willing to let God do that. But sometimes it's very hard to let him direct your future. Right. But we have to be just as willing. Just as willing as we are to say, thank God for erasing my past and taking my sins and removing it from me as far as the east is from the west. We also have to be just as willing to let him direct our future and what is in front of us. The 17th verse of Romans chapter 4 Says this, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. You know what, folks? We can't save ourselves by living right. 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 No one is righteous except Jesus. So what do we do? We throw ourselves Into the mix of what God did through faith. And we likewise give God our permission to make something out of a nobody. That something might look like a courageous action hero formed out of a formerly complacent broken child of God. But when we enter into God's actions on our behalf, we become action heroes. Our ancestors disguised themselves from the masses by their acts of faith or their faith actions. They attained the status of being heroic, men and women of God. Now I want you to go over to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and I want to start with verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and we're going to also take a look at verse 2 Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 2 now faith is the assurance the confirmation the title deed of the things that we hope for being the, the uh, proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality faith perceive, perceiving as real fact what is not uh, revealed to the senses for by faith Trust and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old, had divine testimony born to them, and they obtained a good report. If we look at this from the Message Bible, it says that the fundamental fact of existence is that this trusting God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, and it set them above the crowd. Now, when we go through this chapter, we call this the chapter of, or the, uh, the Hero uh, of Faith Hall of Fame. Uh, we, are, we see that, that the faith actions that are outlined verse by verse in this book of Hebrews, uh, when we come to that, those words that say by faith, is echoed time and time again. You know, if you're familiar with this chapter, you'll read it over and over. By faith, this happened. By faith, this happened. By faith, this happened. Time and time again. And what I did was I took and I went down through that chapter and I took it... Um, Step by step, I, I, I kind of made a list of a sampling of what those heroes accomplished by faith. So if you wouldn't mind, just take a moment with me and let's take a look at, and I will just very quickly um, just put together a list for you of what these heroes of faith did. By faith, they, they set the precedent for acceptable sacrifice. By faith, they skipped death. By faith, they pleased God. By faith, they built a massive ark in the middle of dry land. By faith, they drew the line between good and evil. By faith, they traveled to places unknown. By faith, they lived as strangers in the land. By faith, they kept their eyes on the eternal. By faith... They uh, received what God did for them by faith they became pregnant in old age, and they birthed a nation. By faith, in times of testing, they offered the promise back to God. By faith, they reached into the future, and they blessed their descendants. By faith, they prophesied destiny and the exodus. By faith, they braved the king's decree, and they hid their sons. By faith, they refused a privileged royal life with the oppressors and they chose hardship among God's people who were oppressed. By faith, they turned, come on, from the angry earthly king to obey the eternal invisible God. By faith, they celebrated the Passover. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea. By faith, they marched around Jericho seven times. By faith, they welcomed spies and escaped destruction. By faith, they toppled kingdoms. By faith, they made justice work. By faith, they took the promises for themselves. By faith, they were protected from lions and fires and swords. By faith, they turned disadvantage into advantage. By faith, they won battles. By faith, they routed enemies. By faith, they received their loved ones who had died back to life. Hallelujah. From this massive list. Present to you in closing four things that I believe that we can receive into our life by faith. So that we can immediately adopt the attitude of becoming an action hero. Number one, I want to tell you that we must receive what God has ever already done for us by what? Come on, say it by faith and we gotta walk it out we have to receive it by faith God's already done it pastor he doesn't have to go back and do it again he's already done it but we have to receive it by come on by by faith and then what do we have to do we gotta walk it out we've got to walk it out you see, Abraham lived what he had received. Right. Folks, it's not enough just to say, I believe. you got to put action to your words. He walked it out. He lived it. He lived what he had received. He didn't turn back to say, God has finished this work so I can stop living by faith as a nomad in tents. No. What did he do? He said. By faith. I see a city. That God has built. And I'm headed toward that city. Yes, yes. By faith. By faith. He consistently walked. In what had been revealed to him. Throughout the length of his days. Right, yes. He didn't say. I'm just so weary. I think I'd just sit down and stop. No, what did he do? He said, we got to keep on pressing on. Just what I sung about, folks. You may be at the end of your bankroll. Keep going. Come on. You may have carried your burden around for years and years and years and years. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. It's in Jesus' name you keep pressing on. Realize what God's already done for you by faith and walk it out. Keep on keeping on. The second thing, please, God. Please, God. You see, when his children, God's children, when, he, when we lay hold of the invisible substance from which he has formed our lives, and we begin to walk in the revelation of who God is to us, when we begin to real, re, realize who he is to us, Hebrews tells us in the very sixth verse of that same chapter 11, It tells us without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Living by faith pleases God. Living by faith pleases God. And in addition, it is also your assurance of things hoped for. It is your assurance of things hoped for. Don't you like a guarantee? I said, don't you like a guarantee? I do. I love a guarantee, Pastor. I love it when I can purchase something and know that what they say, they stand behind what they have sold me. And if it doesn't live up to that, I can give it back. But you know what? Your faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Amen. Faith is confidence. Faith is truth. Faith is devotion. Faith is constancy. Faith is loyalty. Amen. It is a life completely confident and spent in allegiance to our king. The opposite of living by faith would be living a life of disloyalty. It would be living a life of disbelief. And what do you think the enemy trying to get you to do? He tries to put doubt And fear in your life to get you to give up. He tries to make circumstances seem much larger than what they really are. But we've got to understand that our faith in God needs to surmount our circumstances. I don't care how big your circumstances look, God is bigger. I don't care how ominous that it may seem. I don't care how much it clouds out the sunshine. I want to tell you, God is always bigger. Yes. He is always greater. And I want to tell you this, he's always in control. God is never out of control. He always has it in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Choosing the route of believing God accomplishes the very next thing that I want to say, which is something that's very near and dear to your heart if you are a parent, and that is this, that um, you have within your power the ability and authority to bless your descendants. Amen. Amen. You see, when we intentionally choose life, let's say, remember when I began this, I said you might be a hero. Why did I say that? Because it's up to you and it's your choice. It is your choice whether you are going to step out and take on the challenge of this thing called Christianity, this thing called faith. And what you've gotta realize is when you do choose that When you do choose life, when you do choose blessing, when you do choose obedience, then you position a thousand generations in a similar manner. Let me show you. If you will go to Psalm 105, verses 7, 8, and 9. Psalm 105, verses 7, 8, and 9 says this. This is what it promises It promises us, it says, he is Jehovah, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. Did you know that when you choose life, when you choose blessing, when you choose obedience, when you choose to walk in cadence with the Lord and you choose to get under his umbrella of authority, do you realize you have set up up to a thousand generations after you to live in that same blessing? Hallelujah. See, so the enemy tries to get us think. Oh, my children will not be saved. Oh, my grandchildren—they're not going to align to the Word of God. Nope. You know what? As a mother and a grandmother, when I am in obedience to God and I'm walking according to His commandments, I can pray and say, God. My children will come under that same authority. My grandchildren will come under that same authority. My great grandchildren will come under that same authority. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, that's good news for somebody in here. Because there's somebody in here. You've been wrestling. The enemy's been fighting you over the generations that are to follow you. It could be your children. It could be your grandchildren. I don't know. But I do know this. You have wrestled with it. And you said, God, please don't let them die unsaved. Well, I'm here to tell you that when you walk the walk and you talk the talk and you live it before them, they can't help but have that snare of the Holy Spirit come put a hook in their jaw and bring them in. Mm, I felt the Holy Spirit on that. Hallelujah. 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 So we see that if we're going to choose life, if we're going to choose this walk, if we're going to say yes to becoming that hero of faith, That we can realize that what God has already done, that we need to walk it out. We need to realize our life needs to please God. We need to realize that those are coming behind us can have that same blessing. But the fourth thing I need you to realize is that in this situation that you are choosing to become a part of, you must realize that you need to choose to be a stranger in this land. Don't get comfortable down here. You see, what I mean by that is we need to live with the understanding that we are just passing through. We are just passing through. We are rooted in Christ. Our life comes from Him. Our life comes from Him. We do not allow our roots to go deep here. Hallelujah. We have to draw water and our nutrients from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. 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 We draw on God and we give out to this earth. We draw from God and we give out to this earth. Living as a stranger is not equivalent to acting strange on this earth. How many of y'all have ever met anybody that's so heavenly minded they're no earthly good? That's not what I'm talking about, folks. I'm not talking about being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. What I'm talking about is making sure your root system is grounded and founded in the word of God and in Jesus Christ and you draw from him, you don't get your nutrients from this world. You don't get your sustenance from this world. Amen. You get it from the heavenly source, and you get it from the word of God. You get it in prayer. You get it in church attendance. You get it in fellowship. You get it from all that God gives you. But I'm telling you something. Once you fill your tank up, you go out and you let it out on the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah see, folks, it's all about where you put your focus. It's all about where you put your focus. Colossians 3 verses 2 and 3 says, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Don't set your affections on the things of this earth. You know, there's a song that we used to sing.
1: and grace would you stand with me please sing that again turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the thing of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.
0: Hallelujah. I would, if you are able, if if you can, I, I would like to ask you to Come down to the front, every everybody that's able to. I would, I, I just want you all to fill this altar area. If I could have someone come to the music, please. Everyone that can, if you're willing, I'd like for you to just come down to the front. I need you to realize that in order to be a hero, you've got to have an attitude. You've got to have a determination. You know that list that I read to you about the exploits were accomplished by people who were very much like you and I. So I I, I can't do all of those things. How many of y'all have ever looked at the heroes in the Bible and thought, oh, if I just had what David had. Oh, if I just had what Esther had. Oh man, if I could have just been like Paul. Or if I could have just been like Peter. Have you ever thought that? Man, if I could have just had their tenacity or their strength or their faith. If I could have just been like them. But you see, you've got to realize that everything that they they did that are recorded in that chapter, that, that hall of fame of faith, everything that they did was accomplished by people just like you and me like you and I, the only difference between them and us was that they had adopted a heavenly perspective. They focused their eyes on Jesus. They focused their eyes on heaven. And you know what? They refused boundaries set upon them. How many of y'all believe that nothing is impossible? They had their focus on a big God, and they set their perspective in a heavenly realm, and they said, you know what? I can't accomplish this. In myself, I'm human, and I have limitations, but you know what? I serve limited God. I don't know how many of you have ever had God do a super miraculous thing for you or not, but I have. I have seen God provide food for my family when there was no way that dad was pastor in his first church we had nothing to eat and I heard my mom say Paul what are we going to feed them in the morning what are we going to feed the kids because we don't have anything and I heard my dad utter the words God will provide God will provide you know what he did he used my Sunday school teacher to do it he spoke to her and told her to get up go to the grocery store She was on food stamps, Sister Donna. She didn't have the means either, but you know what? She had a heavenly perspective, and she had her eyes on God, and she knew when God spoke to her and told her something, and when he didn't. And she knew that in prayer that morning, God had said, Get up, go to the grocery store, take your food stamp book, and whatever you put in your cart for you, you pull a cart behind you and you put that same amount in it for the pastor and so she went through that store and she filled up both grocery carts knowing good and well that the food stamp books that she had in her hand were not going to cover what she had put in those carts but I'm telling you when she got up to the cash register and the the, the cashier rung up all those groceries she had enough to pay for both baskets and had food stamps left over and that morning when I got up to go to school I had breakfast and I could go to school with my stomach full because God provided he saw the faith of my mom and dad that stepped out and said you know what if nobody else will go to that church we'll go to that church we'll work it for the glory of God they might not be able to pay us very much mom I think that. a week. But you know what? There was not one time I never had a meal on the table. There wasn't one time the lights were turned off. There wasn't one time we didn't have gas in the car. Why? Because they had a heavenly perspective. And they knew a God that would take care of them. They kept their eyes turned upon Jesus. And they decided, you know what? I'm going to trust this word of God. I'm going to choose to believe. Folks, this morning, while you're standing here, I want you to realize there's a line drawn in the sand before you. The enemy's challenging you, and he's saying, you know what? Don't cross the line. Don't cross over that line. Don't take on the challenge of the fight. I'm here to tell you, there's a savior standing on this side of the line that says, if you'll cross over, I will do it. I will use you. I will work miracles in your life that you never thought were possible. You will see those in your family say that you thought would never cry out to You'll see healings take place in your life that you never thought was possible. The doctor said, you know what? There's no way. There's no way they'll be healed. But I'm telling you, if you'll cross the line and come over and take up the fight and fight the good fight of faith, God will take care of you. He'll work a miracle where everybody else is telling you there's no way that you're ever going to see it happen. I'm here to tell you today, God can make it possible. I do know that I'm ready to trust you. I do know that I'm ready to go all in. I do know that no matter what, here I am, Lord, take me. I may not have all of the talents. I may not have all of the so-called things about me that that others would say, oh, there's a hero of faith. But what I am willing to do is say, God, here am I. Here am I me, Lord, use me. If you're willing to do that right now, I just want you literally physically by faith, take one step forward. There you go. There you go. What are you saying, God? I'm all in. Raise your hands right now and say it, God. I'm all in. I'm all in. God, here am I. Use me. Here in my Lord, use me. God, I surrender right now. I surrender right now. God, this is not about me. It's not about my past. It's not anything about, it's about what you can do, God. It's about what you can do. Hallelujah. 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 Come on folks right now, let him know. Let him know. Let him know. Hallelujah.